Hey, this is Romancing the Zone, a podcast about a podcast about boys playing tabletop games. I'm Nell Bailey. I'm Brittany Bailey. And I'm Ann Kern. Let's roll. It's a 10 again! Guys! (laughs) Why do we love that middle road so much? (laughs) And this is where we are, uh, I think, obligated to say, well, it's good in amnesty. It's yeah, good in amnesty. It is. It's fine. <laughs> Everything's it's good. Fine. <laughs> God bless you, amnesty. God bless you, monster of the week. Thank you for just lowering that bar, <laughs> amnesty. We appreciate it so much. It's been really helping us out this time around. So welcome back, everybody. It's been a minute. It's been like two days, guys. <laughs> It has been. This is the quickest turnaround I think we've had in a while. (laughs) For us, yes. It got a little wild with the last show. But you know what? Who cares? We're back now, and we have a new episode of Amnesty. This one's insane. Even during listening to it, I was like, I can't wait to talk about this one with my girls. And it's so funny. I saw the, like, near two-hour timestamp. I was like, how dare you do this to me? And then, of course, (laughs) listening... The time really did fly by. I was very surprised. Mm-hmm. When I looked down, I was like, oh my gosh, we're halfway through. They had a lot of pent-up story that had just been building there. They yeah. percolating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it was just waiting to get out there and be told. Uh, can I say, right at the top Please. of the game, I had a thousand percent forgotten about Duck's Prophecy. Oh, interesting. Mm. Completely. It was one of those where, as soon as she mentioned it, I was like, oh, yeah, shit. Like, you knew it was going to come back, but you weren't sure when. Mm -hmm. When I think because the other one, it made sense, like, oh, I'm in water. Oh, we have a water demon. Oh, okay. And this one's like, you're in space, and there's a meteor. And now there's goat men. Mm -hmm. I was like, how is this connecting? I have no idea. Are these goat men from outer space? Wait, no. They came on a meteor. (laughs) It's just a, like, D sci-fi movie now. (laughs) (laughs) They came from the stars. (laughs) Goatman 1, 2, and Billy. He thought it was a prophecy, but Duck just (laughs) fell asleep watching Saturday Night Dead, and it, like, bled into... (laughs) (laughs) Aw, dang it, Ned. That sounds right. So speaking of Ned, here's great news. He and Billy... Weirdly, let's transition right out of any danger that these boys were in the last time we saw them. This was straight up one of those, like, the last time we saw our heroes, and it cuts to both of them screaming and holding each other, and then just a smash cutting over to being like, oh, it was fine. We just pushed each other away. Remember how crazy that was? Oh, yeah. That was wild. (laughs) They dropped Billy off. Like, lounging at the parlor. Yeah, drop Billy off at daycare, lounge in the parlor, mm-hmm. drinking tea, eating crumpets, and just regaling of, it was so scary for those two se- And then he knocked me out of the way, we and then were, I knocked him out of the way. We were so concerned, but ended up being fine. P.S., I do have to say about uh, Billy being, he it's confirmed, he's at the Cryptonomica. Um, Kirby's going to have such a crush on Billy, <laughs> I'm just saying. Right. Just had to throw that out there. Mm-hmm. That was my first thought. Agreed. They already said he's a big Ryan Gosling fan. They did, yeah. That's canon. He's just going to be staring at that boy. If you're a fan of anybody, you are at least 20% attracted to them. <laughs> Sorry. Those are the rules. That's, That's very specific. It's just map. Mm-hmm. We've crunched these numbers. <laughs> I called Nate Silver. He let me know. <laughs> 
So we uh, we have to bring Mama up to speed. So this is where they watch the butterfly effect. <laughs> See, I, I actually saw that movie, and, and I have to tell you, uh, Griffin makes that joke about that it's not as good as you remember, implying that he's seen it more than once. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I have seen it. I don't remember it at all. I remember vaguely that there was a bridge, and that's pretty much it. And then I was like, am I getting this confused with the Mothman prophecies? Possibly. I was about to ask. Yeah, I've never seen either one of them, so I don't know. I think there's a bridge in Butterfly Effect, too. I've seen both of them, but a long time ago. I don't remember a bridge from Butterfly Effect. I remember I remember a lot of from Butterfly Effect, but mostly, and forgive me, I cannot remember his name, and uh, Travis even brought him up. I just remember him being super goth and walking in the hallway. Is it Ashton Kutcher? That's like or is he the, the other most... one? You're no. thinking of Ethan Suple? <laughs> He's the other one. Yes, thank you. I think it's Suplay, not Suplay, but maybe it's Suplay. I remember him in the hallway and like had spikes on his head. That is the number one memory I have <laughs> from the butterfly effect. Thank you and good night. Are you sure you're not thinking of Hellraiser? <laughs> Just kidding. I am... <laughs> or the Mothman <laughs> prophecies, maybe. All three movies that I think are basically the same. <laughs> if you watch them in a row, they are a sequence. <laughs> Okay, now we have to stop the podcast and watch all three Butterfly Effect movies. Everybody pause here. (laughs) All right, we'll be back, guys. But so here's my next question. As we're bringing Mama up to speed and uh uh-oh, we let slip. And Billy, (laughs) funny story, Mama. He's a goat person. And like, (laughs) Duck took pity on him. Blame Duck. Um, How long do you think it's going to take for Mama to like also heart Billy? Oh, not long. I would hope not long. (laughs) I just figure it's like... We always had this theory in our house growing up. We were like, you know, our parents won't let us get a pet, but I guarantee you, if we just came home with a dog one day, our mom would be in love with it in like two minutes. She wouldn't let us get rid of it. So I feel like maybe it would be similar with Mama and Billy. Yeah, that's what the whole conversation sounds like, right? Like they're the kids trying to yeah. explain to Mama like why they have this exactly. like rain-drenched kitten in the basement. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Who brought this in? You can't keep it. Take it back. <laughs> take it back where you found it someone might be looking for it i'm not cleaning up after him well and it's funny because they call him billy it could have just been they could have just said or a girl exactly local cute boy (laughs) found a scary tree and found (laughs) ned because he knew he was the guy to show weird stuff to. that's the newspaper article local cute boy (laughs) shows a tree to man you show things to (laughs) They probably figured that with Duck there, that there was no way that they were going to be keep able to keep up a lie like that for very long anyway, so they might as well just lean into it. Fair. That's a very good call. Fair enough. Also, it does clean up that little bit yeah. nicely. That, oh, well, Mama knows now. Let's just get in front of this train, bring Mama up to date. I did love the visual of Barclay behind them, like, no. <laughs> Oh don't my gosh. Do it. My sweet boy Barclay just <laughs> <laughs> don't don't <laughs> local cute like boy he's whispering. <laughs> he tried to bring home a cat once, she would not hear it. <laughs> it's like this is not gonna end well for anybody. <laughs> he's like, Oh, I've I've felt this pain before, you guys. I don't recommend it. Uh oh. Speaking of a cat, someone has joined me. Oh <laughs> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> It's our modcast. What? Podcast mascot are the words that I want. (laughs) 
Mudcast Patcot. Tried to get out of your mouth, but it was amazing. <laughs> oh my god, why are you so loud? Well, we were talking about kittens, so I think he may be jealous. He's suspicious that you're going to bring home another yeah, animal. He was summoned. <laughs> it's right. He's like, hold on, do I get a say here? <laughs> I vote again. I vote no. A hearty no. Oh, God, where were we? Uh, we were talking about, oh, um, Barclay being like, nope, I felt that pain. Mm-hmm. Um, there we go. Well, they're, they're interrupted, too, because Jake Cool Ice yes. comes running in <laughs> and tells them they have to come outside and look. And That's and the right. sound effect that was in the background of this, the sort of, like, half sound effect, half music that, that Griffin was doing, I initially wound up pausing my podcast app because I thought my house was being attacked by a drone. <laughs> Because Just it was like, sure. my headphones are quite good, I guess. And I don't, you know, I don't always listen to podcasts with them on. Sometimes I just use the speakers. But yeah, I, I definitely, because yeah. we have mm-hmm. new neighbors on both sides. And I thought, oh, their kids are so rowdy. They've got a drone and they're going to fly it into the window. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm safe. Kepler is I'm not. I'm glad it didn't end up being a drone. <laughs> but no, I'm totally with you. Yeah, sometimes you will hear a thing and it's, am I hearing yeah. that? off of my speaker mm-hmm. or is that oh. somebody outside and it was all over the place in this episode mm-hmm. i kept feeling that because i was using headphones the whole time because i was doing it at school and it was like wait 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 like, is that your kids using a drone you don't know it it might be it was very know. it was very appropriately ominous for sure yes agreed because the way they describe when they run outside and they say these these sheets of the pods, the blooms, whatever, just blowing and covering the entire town. It sounds beautiful. It reminded me of the visuals you get from Hellboy 2, The Golden Army, which is such a good movie. I love it. Um, when they're fighting mm-hmm. the elemental yeah. in downtown. Oh, yeah. And you just see the like the spores yes. going everywhere. It's so beautiful. So good. And deadly in both situations. Yeah, I like the I like the contrast of the visual being beautiful, but that in context that it's really scary. I like that in fiction. I think yes. that's very effective. Absolutely agree. And it is very ominous because we know, especially after Ned having told them, look, I saw this tree. This is what happened. And usually it means a concentrated bad event. And now it's like, oh, everybody's invited to this party mm-hmm. who knows what's about to happen we got to get back to this tree yeah what are we even going to do and this is where we bring up the discussion on the nails and potentially using a nail gun <laughs> we learn about a nail gun fight at the cryptonomica when they were building sets for saturday night dead can i jump in please there are two things sorry i was fighting with a cat Uh-oh. he was really trying to be like a main part of the show and i was like you can't yet i'll, I'll cool it on like how much we include him yeah <laughs> so what i was hoping for when mm-hmm. jake called mama to the door was literally the tree outside Ooh. like it had uprooted itself it was like hi hey i'm here now because i think that's just spooky. like end style yeah. you thought it was kind of but like it's still rooted. Like, it looks like a tree. Not with a face. It's not talking. Okay. But, like, moving trees, I think, are scary. And also, when we saw the cottonwood everywhere, or the spores mm-hmm. everywhere, I thought that was an indicator of uh, the meteor. Mm. Oh, interesting. That, like, meteors are coming. Because they brought it up. And I was like, they wouldn't bring it up if there wasn't a reason. Kepler's going to become a crater fest. Hmm. That is absolutely what sort of festival they would hold after that town got smashed. You're right. I think so, too. Yes. 
they'll for sure cash in on it. Mm-hmm. That's what you have to do. Mm-hmm. So, sorry. I just <laughs> had to jump in with that. Yeah, no, I didn't know what it meant besides, like, because they had been able to, they'd gotten so good at this thing of being like, here come these blooms, let's get in front of it. Like, let's cut this off. Mm-hmm. That I was like, okay, this one's so big, and we know where the tree is, that yes, I think, obviously, now this is this is action time. Yeah. Let's go head this mm-hmm. one off. Nip it in the bud. Uh, <laughs> and Adam No, again. no, I, well, I stole it from Griffin, <laughs> who almost said it, and then... Oh, Nope, it was was Anne. I heard it. (laughs) I heard Anne originated that, actually. It came from her in the first place. Definitely started that one. (laughs) She's a trendsetter. Mm -hmm. Uh, Griffin will find me. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, did we talk about Kirby's butt wound? Yeah, let's revisit it. Because we do know we need... Duck brings up the copper nails. Mm Mm-hmm. There was, of course, a nail gun fight at the Cryptonomica. Of course. But, like, in a fun way, like a Nerf gun fight. <sighs> with a nail gun, though? Duh, Have you ever worked course. with a nail gun? Those things are dangerous. Well, that's what I thought when they started talking about it. I was like, no, you boys, I they're pretty that's yeah. bad. Like, you got to yeah. be careful. Maybe they've never worked with a nail gun, and they do think it's all just fun and games until you get a button. Well, Travis clearly has. tapping into some realistic... Yeah. Travis has. But he clearly also has worked with ones that were modified potentially to be slightly more dangerous, which is interesting. You got to. I have a feeling there's a good story there. I just uh, don't know what it is. He may not legally be able to say what it is. Fair. That's a good call. Hopefully someday we'll hear it. Maybe on this very show. (gasps) But we do know. So that this is where then they do swing back by the Cryptonomica. Mm -hmm. And Billy wants to go with, but they don't. They're not bringing Billy. Our sweet Billy boy. Yeah, this is like, uh, this is, this is major sort of character development for them as players, that they're leaving the NPC somewhere safe and not taking him along. Mm -hmm. Which, absolutely it is. Because they could have easily been like, yeah, bring him too. But it was so smart of them to be like, no, he had a bad enough reaction Mm -hmm. around, first of all, the other goats, and then the reaction to the tree Let's keep him safe. That's how you know it's a real love. <laughs> it's true love. <laughs> it's his love that, that I'm feeling. That's what Duck sees. <laughs> Maybe that's what Billy hears. <laughs> but it's all like pizza and duck. <laughs> they and all burst into leave. the room. <laughs> and it's slow motion and covered in sparkles and bokeh. It's his love. Of course. That I'm feeling as they're like tripping over each other, but Billy Billy only sees beauty. They're all perfect in his rectangular pupil eyes. Right, his spooky, spooky goat eyes. <laughs> it is love that he's feeling. Um, but yeah, they're gonna leave him there. And uh luckily I like that we can skip kind of right over to them getting back to the tree. The visuals on them coming upon a tree and finding it, they're so good. And can I just say that as soon as Griffin mentioned not only the goat man that was in the roots, which was so creepy and mm-hmm. just made this a little bit more intense, as soon as he mentioned the second slash third goat man, my stomach immediately dropped because I knew it meant that Endred was compromised. Mm, yeah. Like the moment he said that there was another one there, See, I was like, you're oh no. so good. <laughs> Because I was like, there's a fourth goat man? (laughs) (laughs) I figured Indrid had that on lockdown. He knew what he was doing. Nope. 
How to Drain Your Goat Man did not go well. <laughs> did you just say drain or train? I did say one drain and I was going to fix it. <laughs> Let's just post. go lean into it. Drain that goat man. You got to drain your goat man <laughs> of all that tree. That's what that tree is doing. That is what that tree is doing. I did write goat man being digested by the tree. Mm-hmm. Maybe he was the goat weed all along. And <gasps> then screamed about Indrid. We knew. Poor Indrid. I do like, like, so obviously, yes, he's been compromised. He's the one in a chain now. But at least he's awake. Yeah, I, I was curious, like, why do you think they brought Indrid there in the first place. I'm curious about this. Like, I don't think that it, it really has any relevance to anything that happens later, but it did cross my mind to wonder, mm. like, he could have just, you know, killed him or knocked him out and left him there or pretty much anything, but he brings no, him back to the tree. No, that's an interesting take. Maybe the tree does need to digest something. Yeah, I'm wondering. I don't know, because that would be my guess, too, is that maybe, maybe fertilizer is all well and good, but you get some uh, humans in there, it's even better. Get some Mothman. Delicious. Oof, that tree's going to be full for years. You get a Mothman in there. <laughs> but yeah, no, that's a very good question. Because you're absolutely yes, right. Good, you would think he would point. just kind of run. Yeah. I, I mean, and you, you sort of wonder if maybe it has something to do with the fact that the tree affects the future and Indrid can see the future. Or maybe there's some sort of connection there mm. that doesn't ever... Maybe the tree is jealous of Indrid. Maybe. You know, something like uh, like like force is attracting. Something like that. I don't know. No, that's interesting. Um, I, and like I said, I, I don't know that it ever has any, any real bearing on the story, and I'm not sure if it was ever intended to, but it's an interesting question. I mean, it, it may just be that from like a metagaming standpoint that Griffin wanted to put someone in harm's way instead of it just being a battle because then it makes it more complicated Mm -hmm. right yeah the bid a bit more intense the babe in distress Mm -hmm. we gotta save him our beautiful prince and uh you know who's who's right there to save that beautiful prince here goes ned they decide they divvy up what everybody's gonna do and ned's gonna go first let's fire at this shit and he hits the tree and it's gross (laughs) but effective it's super gross whenever ooh. Ooh, the, the I know exactly sloughing. what you're going to say. The word sloughing, I knew. <laughs> it's such... As soon as he said it in the show, I was like, ooh, Brittany just, like, cringed. <laughs> I did. I was like, why? Oh, no. That's it's gross. just... Oh, it's a, it's a terrible word. It's a very good word mm-hmm. in evoking that kind of, like, oh, <laughs> mentality. <laughs> like, blah. I do not... I do not like the idea of things sloughing anywhere. Yeah, it's really unpleasant, but it's good news for our heroes and being like, oh shit, that does work. It's super effective. It totally is. Because then Aubrey's job is to try to contain the pods or the to spores, at least... yeah, just to keep them from yeah. the situation from worsening. Especially since yeah. the last time there were pods in the uh, pod spores in the immediate area, uh, it had an immediate negative effect for them. So right. it seems like something you might want to not be covered in. And does she just vortex it? Does she just kind of contain them? Yeah, I mean, she kind of. So Travis suggests that she use the sort of wind magic that she had used before, but to try to contain the spores. And it was Griffin who suggested that maybe it should be because there was a glitch and he had to try to figure out how to work that in. So it's like there's a vortex holding them around the tree, which is the desired effect that they don't spread any further. But then it also makes the visibility poor, which affects their future attacks. Mm -hmm. Right. A little give and a little take. 
And so that's what those two are up to. And then Duck, this is where he's going to go try to, he's going to go save Indrid, which was mm-hmm. so noble and very attractive. And um, So Duck. This is where he has his vision of being back in the old store with Juno and everybody. It was basically Roundhouse with drugs and hockey. <laughs> Which made me laugh a lot. I'm glad you were also in the the Roundhouse reference target audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wasn't sure if we would have to, if there's anybody who was younger, because I'm the youngest of the three of us, but Brag. I was still old enough for Roundhouse, be, frankly, because you and Jessica were watching it. So, like, that's the only reason I was watching right. it. Because whenever my life gets me so down, I know I can go down, down. to where the music and the fun never ends. Down That's the right. roundhouse. Boom. I still know all the words to that. So everybody, that was it. Just That's all you need. You don't even need to YouTube mm-hmm. it. We got you. But it really was like a sketch comedy, like for teens, though. Yes. Mm-hmm. It was very, like, grunge 90s. But, like, still a show that would be on Nick. It was on Snick, which was like Nick, but with drugs and hockey. So. <laughs> That's yeah. essentially yes. <laughs> You're totally right. And then what? Oh, is this? Because I was like, what even happens in his vision? I was so amused by the Roundhouse references. Um, he talks to Minerva. And this is where I did. I had these questions that kind of get answered later. Um, cause this is when he gets Beacon. And so my question had been who dropped Beacon off and who quote unquote chose Duck, which that one is still a little like, mm, we still need more information, but we kind of maybe have an answer as to who dropped off Beacon. Mm-hmm. Yes. But that didn't come until the end of the episode. So. Uh-huh. <laughs> we'll get there. Yeah. I, I had a question in this scene, which is another one of those like unanswerable questions, unfortunately, but yeah, was I there, these. I was trying to remember whether there was a significant detailed description of beacon other than the curling part, but of the, like the hilt and the, um, the guard prior to this instance, because I don't think there had been, I don't think so either. Um, so I was, I was very curious because I was like, this sounds, you know, the fan art kind of, everybody takes a different tack with things, but then over time things sort of start to vector into something similar and recognizable which the art that i've seen at least of beacon has done that it's kind of become this thing and then that was how griffin described it and i was intrigued by that because i wondered whether that had always been his conception or justin's conception of what it looked like or whether they had been influenced by the fan art that's a good call i wonder that maybe it's just a hive mind right it might be a hive mind kind of thing but yeah at what point because at some point Something goes from just your original, from headcanon to fanon, essentially, mm-hmm. where it's like, this isn't official, but we mm-hmm. all kind of leaned into this one idea. And because I'm totally with you, when he described Beacon, I could picture it because I was like, oh, no, I've seen people draw him this way. Yeah. But that's a good question as to whether or not it just so happened that was always the idea, or if it was they also saw these really beautiful works of fan art that have come out of this and said, oh, yeah, that's a great idea. That is what he should look like. Mm-hmm. Boys, you know where to find us. <laughs> and um, while we're still on the topic of Beacon, I do just want to say, as soon as J-Man here wanted to use um, some metal on metal to uh, break the chain Indrid was connected to i was like "Ooh, baby what are you doing but uh (laughs) he went with it anyway and it worked it did work 
He made his choice. He stuck to it. Got to work with the tools you have. You have to. And then you have to punch him in his beautiful face. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> Why? He they make such rash knock his glasses off. <laughs> You could have just taken off the glasses. You know, you're in the healing moment and you need a quick solution. I guess. Maybe he was, maybe there was something Idrid had done and he was like, you know what? I am going to get him back in this quick moment. Now we're even. Maybe he was hoping if he was riled up, he'd seem more intimidating. Mm. Maybe, yeah. He's trying to scare the goats. Like, I'll beat my friends up. I'll knock his glasses I'm right Adam. off. Wonder what I'm going to do to you. Ding dang mind. What do, what do you think is going to happen? <laughs> Try me. You think I wouldn't punch a guy with glasses? I'll think again. Watch this. I don't care how old, young, handsome he is. <laughs> Here I go. I'll knock his block right off. He says all of that, and then he punches Indrid. <laughs> Who turns into the moth? But the goats are suitably intimidated. Like, oh, that man was. Even the tree's a little the tree like, oh no. back a little bit. Its branches <laughs> crossed over its trunk like, oh my. <laughs> I don't know what to do with this one. <laughs> what did, oh, I was going to say, what did Aubrey shout to Indrid as he's like leaving? Because of course, Doc's like, just get out of here. Oh. <laughs> we took care of Keith. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I'll call you. That was it. He gives her a thumbs up. I'm free now. <laughs> I forgot he was just going to take right the fuck off entirely. Although not not until after he delivers this um, this dire prophecy that he's seen the whole town fall into some kind of hole. Oh yeah, shit. Good call, Anne. Mm-hmm. I'd forgotten about that. Which again, I was back to Crater Town. <laughs> I mean, it's like oh, of course. Yeah. A meteor will come and create a hole, and the whole town will be in it. Yeah. The whole town will be flattened, but it will be in it. It will technically be within it. That does track with what you were thinking. So you were just being more and more getting your theory confirmed during this episode. Absolutely. I was, like, writing it down as a complete canon at that (laughs) point. I was like, I am so smart, and... Not this Anne, but the other Anne is a murderer, <laughs> and this town is for sure going to be in a crater. Mm-hmm. These are the things I know. These are all on our murder boards. Murderers. And <laughs> Absolutely. Number two, meteor. <laughs> murderers. Um, but then they do some more fighting. I just have, it's fight night at Disney World, because I got confused. <laughs> it was totally fight night here in Disney World. That is true. I think this is actually something um, I spoke with very briefly uh, with some of my friends on Discord after this episode came out, was this usage of Griffin intersplicing character moments between action, like between Mm -hmm. the battle, is really Mm -hmm. genius on a number of levels. But a big one for me is that, especially when like taking show notes and whatnot, I kind of start to zone out when it's like battle sequences. Mm If people haven't learned by now mm-hmm. listening to the show, when I go, what happened? And then who did what? Say, as evidenced by, yeah, every one of our shows. And then there was a fight. Somebody threw Question somebody. Mark. Oh, yeah, that did happen. Um, but so it's not only really great storytelling that we're learning a lot more about these characters, but it's also very effective in, at least for me, keeping me on it. Like, keeping me in the moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
On your toes. And keeping me on my toes to see what's going to happen next. Because that's when we had Justin's flashback to getting Beacon right before he gives Beacon a little chip. And now we go back with Ned, right? Mm -hmm. And we go back to him and Victoria at the Cryptonomica. I am very sad her name was not Veronica. (laughs) Veronica at the Cryptonomica? Come on. (laughs) I was like, man... We're so close. This is why you are a So I kept calling her in my head Veronica. (laughs) I mean, that would have been very cute. Um, But speaking of names, though, I do love that Clint's characters will usually just slip into nicknames very easily. Like, it just seems like, I don't know if that's a thing Clint actually does or if he's just emboldened to do it with the characters that he plays. I like it when he he called her Vicky. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I thought it was cute. Yeah. I think think that was good. For character development as well, to understand that, you know, because, I mean, we're just listening to them tell us, you know, this is how long you've been living with this person. But if he does something familiar like that, you know, that's one tiny detail. But then it implies this history, this shared history with the two characters that makes the the following emotional moments land much better. Yeah. No, that's a very good call. Mm -hmm. Because it is. It feels you feel weight here, even though we've only had brief moments, like technically minutes of Victoria in the show, you still, you you don't want her to go. You don't want her to be sick. It's like, oh no. I've only known Victoria for two minutes, but if anything happens to her, I will kill everyone in this podcast and myself. <laughs> I have bad news, <laughs> Brittany. I, I knew it was coming. It was still good. <laughs> Brittany, I don't no! know how to tell you this. I have bad news for you guys then. She's about I'm to so kill sorry. us. So. <laughs> Say, don't start your cars. Don't no, start geez. your sewing machine. It got very... <laughs> don't start your sewing machine. <laughs> Just don't... Maybe... You know what? Just sit there. Just don't, don't go anywhere. Hang on. Give me a day. Sit there. Wait for me. I'll say I'll be there in 28 hours. <laughs> All right. Just stay where you are. Um, but also, to uh, bring us back to uh, happier news, did I go to art school with Kirby? Because he sounds like somebody I went to art school with. <laughs> like, just the fact that this kid initially showed up to, like, do murals for the Cryptonomica, and then he, like, continued to hang around because he's just really into <laughs> this kind of a little bit supernatural and knows how to do, I'm guessing, enough of, like, Photoshop and layouts and whatnot. And I'm like, hold on, did we go to school together <laughs> i feel like that's what happened too is that ned yeah. was just like oh like do this thing do this <laughs> thing we'll come over tomorrow let's see what you can and then it just became a thing yeah. it just yeah Where kirby just comes over every day it's like what are you gonna do now sweep up okay <laughs> which just is doesn't. how some art jobs go like sometimes <laughs> you're just like you know oh. you do a little bit of everything i hope he's getting paid and it's not just I, for exposure. I do too. <laughs> we have not been confirmed on this. Ned. 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 I'd like to see some timesheets. He's, he's, he's in a small town painting portraits of Bigfoot. You know, I mean, there's not that many opportunities. I mean, it's not a ton mm. there. You hope what he's got is good at least. <laughs> Kirby, are you fulfilled? It's okay. Ryan Gosling's there now. Oh. He's happy. That's what he's been working towards this whole time. <laughs> I felt like there was another song I could have broken into there, but nothing coming to mind. I got it. Billy okay. walks in, and you just hear, Hello, is it me you're looking for? I can, I can see, see it in your eyes. eyes. 
<laughs> Kirby's just like, <gasps> eyes huge, like, oh my god. Just heart It's eyes. happened. At last. <laughs> no, this is what it is. Ned tells him when he's young, like, oh yeah, a lot of celebrities come through here. I mean, why, we had George Clooney, and he gave me his Oscar. Where do you think I got this? <laughs> exactly. I love this. And then... Ryan Gosling shows up, and Kirby is just to pieces. Smitten He's kitten. so excited. Mm. It finally happened. I love this headcanon. <laughs> We're sticking with that, you guys. That's how All it right. went. I was there. Someone tell, someone tell Clint, this is what happened. PG <laughs> Somebody. Also, how much are you paying Kirby? Phone? We're very nervous for him. <laughs> I was kind of nervous for Kirby this whole time. It's like, I mean, how do... Never mind. Well, I hope we get the moment. <laughs> Where, like, we get to address Ned and Kirby having a discussion of, like, why is Ryan Gosling here and why does he just say duck and pizza? <laughs> because I do because love that overboard. Aubrey likes some money. Right. Because overboard. He was knocked You're on the right. head with, right. the, with the shovel. Fair enough. <laughs> they did explain that. I take it back. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, this is all, all this ridiculous stuff is in the midst of this genuinely really like emotional and kind of sad flashback with um with victoria where we find out or confirm i guess everybody's suspicions about how ned wound up with the kryptonomica in the first place that she was elderly anyway and became very ill and that was kind of curtains and she asked him to stay and take over but uh and then we get like literal emotional whiplash back in the present as the situation that Ned is in after he's had uh, a bad role and is about to be attacked by one of the Goatmen, uh, the Flymaster comes out of the woods, apparently having been <laughs> flying around town for two days. And then okay. hits this goat square. I really, really want the cut scenes of like the poor townspeople. Yes. And there's just this Flymaster flying through the frame. There has to be a new cryptid in town. Yes. If that's yes. kind of their yes. bank right now, like they're like, did you see it? The people, ah, you're crazy. And then oh, I it saw it bird. right by the school. Yeah. I mean, come it was on, a big square bird. It was nothing. <laughs> you're drunk again. at me. Put your wine down. Tell me what you actually saw. It's a bird. <laughs> Do you think there's one it like super sparkles. drunk person in town who's been seeing the actual cryptids for years and everybody's just like, yeah, that that old guy, <laughs> he doesn't know what I he's talking so. about. Like old Someone man Someone who can it. see through the enchantments. Oh. Ooh. Girls, this is the headcanon episode <laughs> and I'm into it. <laughs> We're very good at this. We are very good at this. Now, who is? what is the name of this drunk? Oh my gosh, I heard the pen click. Anne, come up with a name. <laughs> that was not my pen. <laughs> it was my pen. No, it was Nell's pen. But Anne, this is going to take notes. You started got, this. Anne, this was your I idea. Don't, not the, <laughs> I didn't know I was going to have to name this imaginary person. The drunk's name is Nell Bailey. Wait. <laughs> Too real, too real. I swear, I saw a Mothman. Nell, quit having your breakfast wine. I do like it better. Okay, I like it better being a wine ant than an old man. That's that's a, a nice mix-up. All right. So maybe we'll leave it up to the audience. Running the, So far, the winning name is Nell Bailey. So, you know, give us something better, you guys. This is going to be our poll. <laughs> which three of, which of, of the three drunk. of us is the local drunk? 
<laughs> Vote now. And forever hold your peace. Amen. So, luckily, though, okay, so, yes, the jetpack comes in to save us. What a good that boy. Duck, I would say Duck calls it his son, correct? I didn't make Which that Which is up. so beautiful. Yes. yes. See, it's then really I saw that him. gif of that woman saying, that's my baby, and I'm real proud. <laughs> that's Ned. Or Ned. Ah! I don't know if I know that gif. You know that gif. But you saying gif made me think of the one with the lawnmower that starts <laughs> flying. <laughs> There's so many good I love ones. that stupid gif so much. All right, those two together is exactly what happened in this. <laughs> that's... Just picture those. We'll tweet them for you guys. <laughs> we say that. We never tweet them. Thank We're God. so bad at this. We do tweet sometimes. Okay, sorry. We say that. I never tweet it. <laughs> Bernie's like, I don't think Twitter even exists. Like, I'll send this out. Do I have a Twitter handle? <laughs> we'll find out. If I remember. Um, but so, even though... Ned wasn't able to pull off the shot. Luckily, in what is certainly like a cool action movie kind of move, he tosses the nail gun to Aubrey, <gasps> whose years of dicking around building theater sets has led her to this moment. It's so good. <laughs> and then we get Aubrey's flashback about how she got into magic, which apparently, did we know that <laughs> Travis was big on magic? I remember hearing that at some point, yeah. Okay. I thought that was cute. It doesn't surprise me, oh, but I no. don't think I knew it. It is very cute. Yeah. And Anne, <laughs> did you also have a magic kit when you were a child? I did have a magic okay. kit. Okay. I know I had a magic kit. I had a magic kit. kit. Yeah, I had a magic kit, and then I had um, uh, uh, Penn and Teller's magic book as well. Of course. When I was older. So I had, I had, a, I had the Fisher-Price magic kit when I was, like, <laughs> three. Oh, my God. Cute. <laughs> Um, and I have also seen the the uh, special films at the Magic Castle from the 90s that Travis was talking about. Mm-hmm. I, I could not have remembered it until he mentioned it. And I was like, oh, wait, I've seen that. Mm. I remember those acts. <laughs> I love those. you got to love a reference that you're like, oh, my God, I have seen right. that thing that you're talking <laughs> my about. My childhood. I do not know that one. I don't know that one either. But I did have a magic kit. Yeah, Nell, did you have one? I did not recall you having one. I don't think so. I remember Joel did. I remember mine very distinctly. Like, I remember a feeling with it, too, which might have been magic. But it was just very, like, I liked it <laughs> a lot, even though I never got good at it. I really liked having yeah. it. Yeah, that's just called being a child. Oh. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> it's the magic of childhood. God, I miss it. I'm just angry all the time. <laughs> Yeah, I, I tried for a while, but I was mostly interested in um, in close-up magic, and I discovered fairly early on that a lot of that kind of prestidigitation involves things with your hands, and my hands are extremely small for somebody mm-hmm. my size, and there's just not a lot of space to hide anything there. I just don't have the <laughs> I don't have the room. I don't have enough the whole like card, cargo Anne. space. It's- yeah, it's just not you know unless I got like specialty tiny cards or something. I don't know that it would go very well. Um, I this may be an excuse for my own incompetence, or, like lack of dedication. I can't to learn, do it. But, my hands are too small. Uh, we'll get yeah, out of here. it just <laughs> never, never uh, really quite caught on. And I also wasn't good at the part that Aubrey is so into, which is the showmanship part. I don't, I don't oh, really have that that gene. I don't think to love gosh. that part of it as much. 
See, I feel like that would be the only part I would be good at. The showmanship part? <laughs> yeah, I think I would be... I don't, like, I just don't, I have uh, what the robot devil calls stupid fingers, <laughs> and I just don't think I would be quick enough to actually do the sleight of hand yeah, and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the irony here is that I work doing fine work with my hands now, so I don't know, maybe yeah, if I try ew, magic again, I'll true. be incredible <laughs> or something. Probably not. Here's our new, here's our new stage show. It's going to be me doing all the bravado and you can do all the magic. <laughs> I thought you were going to say podcast. And I was like, I don't think you can do close up magic <laughs> on a podcast. <laughs> It'll be our YouTube show. Say, or can you? It's gone. Well, yeah, actually no. you can because I don't have to do anything very well. You can just pretend to be impressed. Okay, just get real close to That's the mic. That's true. That's our new show, just pretending <laughs> we're doing amazing feeds. Just believe us. Listen to how amazed everybody sounds. That is basically a D&D &D podcast at that point. <laughs> I totally rolled an 18, I swear. <laughs> I just wanted to sing Travis's praises at this point in his voice acting and storytelling with being little mm. Aubrey stuck in the cuffs and talking about over 50 years ago. It was just, it was so flipping <laughs> cute. It's like, how dare you? You are a grown man my age. And I am 100% believing that you are a 10-year-old girl right now putting on a show for her parents. <laughs> like, way to go. Applause all around. Yeah, it was really well done. It was. So the Appreciation Nation is now for Travis. Surprise. <laughs> Brittany's head of, for sure. I mean, nobody is surprised. We can all pretend to be, oh, what? Brittany's head of the Travis Appreciation Nation? He's my sister. I have to look out for him. That's right. So, so can we sweep uh, Griffin into the appreciation station as well because we get this really mm. interesting twist in in this particular flashback that as aubrey is remembering this magic show it turns into this other memory which she initially believes is hers with janelle right. in sylvain mm -hmm. and then it turns out that it's not her memory it's uh the interpreters uh, it's alexandra yes alexandra yes. mm-hmm yeah. The childlike interpreter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what the hell is going on here? Very intriguing. Something. Something with a larger plot. Mm -hmm. This, this yeah. character who does not like Aubrey very much may have a motivation for not liking her so much. Maybe some sort of uh, insecurity that she has that's projecting onto Aubrey. Hard to say at this point. But interesting. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's very interesting. And with things that we will that we learn later on, I feel like we can have a bit of a discussion, unpack it maybe a little bit more. I have some thoughts, mm -hmm. but it'll it'll make more sense when the the next part with Aubrey comes up later. Uh but yeah, good call on that one. Something big's going on there that she could tap into somebody else's memories entirely. Mm -hmm. And the good news is she shoots the shit out of this tree. Oh, yeah. It probably looked really, really badass. Oh, it for sure did. Absolutely. Just, like, unloading the snail gun mm -hmm. into this tree. Another cinematic scene. I mean, the tree, admittedly, like, it can't go anywhere. So... But still. Not unless you're Brittany's member. That's true. <laughs> yeah. If you're in my mind, it could go anywhere. But the idea of her, like, ching, 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 like, just down in a straight row, yeah. like, that's where it gets good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then we have this, like a Final Fantasy villain, another creature within the tree. You thought you were done with the first part, 
And you were like, good, we, oh, shit, who's Mm -hmm. this person? So there's, like, and even we kept getting this description of the tree and the way it was interacting with the goats. You know, we were getting visuals of this white sap and Mm -hmm. the fact that the tree could almost meld itself to things. The one goat is fixed, sort of, but using almost like an exoskeleton kind of assist from the tree. Mm -hmm. And so within the tree, then we have this, humanoid person made out of the white sap which sounds very sticky and gross looking (laughs) and then duck just cuts him in half right yeah well the tree's trying to put itself back together or it's trying to put the tree back together yeah Yeah, it's like a sort of like a chrysalis or something yeah true (laughs) but the tree now has an ass so duck is going to kick it (laughs) that's right (laughs) hell yeah duck kick his ass thank you griffin for giving the tree an ass we got it remember trends Oh, I chopped my butt. Chopped my butt. Oh, You're rolling with some straight dicks, said Trent, and probably said this tree sap person. He also was only alive for like four hours. It's true. Oh, Trent. Yeah, God, the sap thing was literally just born. Like, hey, guys, what's ah? <laughs> Cut right in half. Duck is not fucking Duck's around like, anymore. I don't even fucking think so. <laughs> That's right. Now you're in half. Yeah, we have to give Justin a shout out for his real like Bob Ross happy accident situation with the mic stand that everybody thought was foley work. It, it was so which was well ex- done. it was perfect too. It was totally the foley work that would have been right for that uh, that moment of him unfurling Beacon before he slices this poor sap infant in half. <laughs> Yeah, that was some straight-up serendipitous accident mic work there. Mm. So did anyone else get nervous when the goat man just Mm. suddenly, you know, dies on his feet while running at Duck because the thing got cut in half that our sweet Billy boy was no longer? Oh, shit. Yeah. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, you had to wonder about that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I wondered about it, but then I assumed that, that it had something to do with their proximity to the tree and the fact that the one goat man was, like, connected to the tree as well. So, like, as soon as the sap creature's cut in half, like, everything starts disintegrating, but it's the things, like, immediately there. So I thought, well, okay, maybe he's far enough away that somehow it's not going to affect him because he wasn't under the sway of the tree at that Mm -hmm. point. I really thought it was just because that one had essentially been killed from what Aubrey had done to it. Aubrey, just total beast mode this whole time. And had been only kept alive because of the assist yeah. from the tree. That was the reason okay. I thought he died on his feet. I thought for sure it was just, I, I, the tree, brought you into being. And I, the tree, will decide when you go. And then that was the time, apparently. <laughs> that would have been very scary then. Yeah. I would have been... I would have just thrown away my phone and burned down this podcast. See? I would have killed everybody on this podcast and then exactly. myself if they went to the Cryptonomica and Billy was dead. There's just a... Oh, my God. Hold on. Oh, no. Kirby's, like, watching a movie with him and, like, so excited. And then suddenly... Don't. Suddenly Don't. Just... But it didn't happen. It didn't happen. You're fine. You're laughing a whole bunch about this uh, this scenario in which Billy would be dead. I laugh so I don't cry. Especially considering it looks like Ryan Gosling at this exactly. this moment that you're talking about. Very oh. dark. 
It didn't happen. He's fine. He's, He's fine. fine. But we don't know that yet. It's true. At that moment, at that moment, I was very like, ah, oh, we did it. You were very afraid I for did Billy. All caps. Is Billy okay? Question mark, exclamation mark, another mm. question mark. I was very concerned. Ooh, you know it's real. Um, but here is the interesting thing, because then there are the white light creatures. Yes. This come... beautiful, like, super, yeah. super, like, I don't know, like, Legend of Mana kind of, um, yeah. like, cutscene, like, beautiful sort of fantasy thing that these, like, light beings that have somehow been freed in the process of killing this abomination, yeah. um, bowing to them silently and then sort of disintegrating into spheres and everything ascending into the heavens is very uh uh it was very beautifully described and it was yeah. a, a beautiful visual as well mm-hmm. and it did make me think of like i don't know if there's any way it's all tied together but even just the descriptions did remind me of, like a little bit of minerva yeah i wondered if that was not coincidental but it's it's not clear at this mm-hmm. point we know that right. these these creatures are somehow somehow trapped or bound or something in the course of the abominations being made because this is not the first time that something like this has happened yeah so we're this is some other ongoing plot feature that they're eventually going to have to figure out to find out why these abominations are happening in the first place which i figure we have to be getting there soon but who knows yeah i think so moving we're moving towards certainly understanding more of the picture Mm -hmm. if not all of it absolutely and so that kind of does it for out in the forest right and then they do they just go Mm. back to amnesty i got a little confused here at this point also forgive me if i'm jumping ahead no they kind of there's a little bit of a time jump so they 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 are then um back at the lodge uh i think on the hill looking looking over the town um, and they can see yeah they can see that there was a sinkhole and that they had an extremely close call that it got close to the hospital that um, right. Indrid's vision almost came mm-hmm. true, but um, they dispatched the tree fast enough for the spores to finish doing their work of creating this darkest timeline for the town. Yeah. Okay. And I think that was where I was like, I didn't know if they like returned to the lodge and everybody was outside or if they had been at the lodge and everybody went outside. It's just Jake always running in like jake is our ryan flipping gosling news boy in... yeah he really is he's like little baby like, ryan gosling extra, in, extra. in remember the titans <laughs> when he runs into the room he's like fight and then everybody shows up because there's a fight <laughs> i forgot about that scene <laughs> i will never forget oh he was your boy alan alan's so cute alan's a little sweetheart i had a huge crush on sunshine because look at him I think if I rewatch that movie now, let's all go rewatch Remember the Titans. I feel like I would have very different crushes now. Probably. If I watched it. For me, it was always Julius. <laughs> I know. I was going to be like, mm, I feel like Rev would be a big contender now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, all these new let's players. just list off cute boys. Um, everybody remember the Titans? <laughs> Done. Next. <laughs> P.S. Our movie list is getting really long, guys. We need to start our movie and candy it podcast. Is. Oh, that's a good idea. As soon as they come up with a name, we'll do it. Um, so, so yeah, the, we had the close call with the sinkhole. But, yeah, so there was damage, but luckily nobody really was hurt, right? That was kind of Yeah, good. because it was late at night, so there was not really, there okay. wasn't anybody in the parking garage, which was the primary, primary casualty. Whew. We did it, team. Hurrah. 
They all slow smile and high five each other. I will say. And they're bunny snuggles. Oh, bunny snuggles. Oh, um, yeah. And I might cut this out, but this hit kind of close to home with the Anchorage earthquake that just happened. And oh, yeah, sure. there were no casualties. Very few injuries. Oof, nice. If you look at the pictures, one of the ramps going up to the highway, or like an off-ramp, cracked and like crumbled, yeah. and there was a car on it, and the car is sitting Jesus. perfectly on like a big slab of it. And I was like, how fucking scary would it have been to be the person on the car and just watching pieces fall? Yeah. And be like, oh my god, Ugh. like what, what do we do? And they were fine. I'm like, oh my god. And then they fixed it. I drove on that ramp on my way home. Wow. Damn. I know. That's fast. We get our shit done. Well done, Anchorage. So I I felt a big kinship to that. I'm like, oh, we just had a thing like that. But yeah, yeah, we all good. So the Anchorage Pine Guard is uh, is doing good work. (laughs) That's right, damn it. Good work, Anchorage Pine Guard. Those are the people you got to find. That's true. I I do. When I get there, I'm on it. She'll get them. Um, but so all fun stops when Mama rolls up was the next <laughs> mm. uh, was the le- next little note I had here. But, okay, but it really was like a a beautiful moment. What? Uh, Go ahead. No, keep keep going because I'm sure my thing will fit into what you're saying. <laughs> oh, uh, just the way it wasn't even. It was just the fact that like Griffin was like, oh, there was this nice like quiet moment where. There was this light, beautiful snowfall, and everybody could just chill for a second. And then Mama shows up. Like, Jesus. <laughs> everybody stop enjoying the moment. Mama's here. <laughs> well, they can't very well do a two-hour-long podcast. It's just them standing there watching the snow. So, I mean... Gotta, gotta keep that plot moving. <laughs> <laughs> and we have we have an important question that she has um, that they're asking about. Uh, she's asking about Thacker and why he's locked in the panic room, which is a pretty valid question. It's a great um, question. Like, he's fine in there, but he's not fine because he does need to eat food. No, does need um, food. This is where about that. Barclay knows he's in there, right? I mean, you would hope. Yes. Okay. I would think Barclay would be shoving pancakes under the door. No. <laughs> Barclay... <laughs> Just in true Napoleon Dynamite fashion, just goes, Tina, food! And he just slops some casserole in there. (laughs) He's so over this guy. Oh, that's fair. Because he's so fucking creepy. (laughs) He is creepy. But it's not a long-term solution, which is why Aubrey is suggesting now that she... Well, (laughs) pancakes? (laughs) She's suggesting that, that she thinks maybe she can use magic to heal Thacker. Which is great. That's good news. Like to actually fix this problem. But the the temporary solution is basically pancakes. We don't actually know. I don't think Griffin specified what the food was. It was a sandwich. So it could have been pancakes. I would think a sandwich made of pancakes. It was a sandwich. Quickly open the door, dump that in in there, and then close it (laughs) again. I mean, I guess because, yeah, if it's a panic room, I don't think there's a slot big enough under the door to fit a pancake Yeah. Maybe a crepe, but not a pancake. Yeah. <laughs> and at some point, Aubrey's going to have to address the whole thing with her eye that nobody knows about, because apparently she's just been rocking shades this whole time and oh, nobody said yeah. anything. She's so cool. I totally forgot until you said it just now. <laughs> like, even when he says she adjusts the sunglasses, I'm just like, oh, that's, f- I don't know. Go, go for it, girl. <laughs> Maybe they, they just, they she just seemed too cool to ask. Too young and hip. And they were like, well, the young people, they know what's going on. And we can't ask. We cannot. <laughs> For sure. Barclay I don't know if I would like, ask. 
I know if I ask, I'm just going to seem like I'm not cool enough, so I'll just I'll let it That's go. That's absolutely. Maybe they were all wearing sunglasses in the dark. Everyone else oh, yeah. starts doing it because Aubrey's been doing it. <laughs> exactly. They just assume it's, like, the cool teen thing mm-hmm. to do. And she winds up, like, yeah, I, I like the idea that there are some, like, local preteens who think she's amazing and know nothing about her but just see her, like, in her cool vest. Right. And yeah. have been trying to emulate her this whole yes. time. They're like that girl from out of town that wears the vest. She's so cool. She's so cool. Let's just see what she does. I got my own rabbit. <laughs> they all have their own little rabbits or, like, a plush rabbit. One of them has a raccoon because that's all they could get. And then they're like... Look at us with our animals and our vests, and we can barely see at night now. It's great. <laughs> We're so chill. It does make her hitting the target with the uh, nail gun even cooler, oh, though. Yeah. She's wearing oh, shades if those the whole kids time. have seen that, forget about it. You're right, though. It does make that so much more cinematic, even more than it already was. So this is where the continuation of the previous conversation can happen, where she taps into Alexandra's memories of when Alexandra had presumably just lost her father and Janelle was talking to her. And so now we have Aubrey seeing, first of all, Thacker staring at the camera <gasps> in, <laughs> I knew I was like, ooh, Bernie hates it, in the panic room. <laughs> and then she's hearing these voices, mm-hmm. extra voice that isn't yeah. Thacker's. Voice plus. In her mind. <laughs> Who refer to themselves as we also, which is never a good <gasps> it's thing. Venom. Anything yeah. that refers to itself as we is always automatically creepy. I was just calling it hunger too. <laughs> Maybe this one's ascendant. But like, so this is where I'm wondering, obviously there's a connection, you would think, to the fact that she can she's hearing these voices, she was tapping into this memory that wasn't hers. Clearly this is these are parts of I would think one shared thing. But yeah. I also wondered if there isn't even maybe a direct connection between the voices and what they were saying and Alexandra herself. Like, Mm. if Alexandra is the, what is her title? Interpreter. Thank you. Like, maybe that's it. Maybe, because we don't know exactly what the interpreter does, but maybe the interpreter is supposed to be hearing these people. Well, the interpreter interprets the will of Sylvain specifically, which no one else can hear or understand. It's not clear exactly how that mechanic works. Um, And (laughs) that seems to be what's going on with Aubrey as well. And that also is heavily implied by whatever this entity is, that there's a couple of very curious things that this person says, or persons, I'm not sure. (laughs) Person for for the moment. Um, But they say that this isn't who they were supposed to be. Which raises yes. some very interesting questions about who they were supposed to be. True. And they also start talking about Sylvain and what's happening in Sylvain and that they are the counterweight is the term that right. they use. Which sounds like a bad thing. That So if the current life in Sylvain is draining the planet and they're the counterweight to that, it does sound like maybe they're a little apocalypsy. Um, <laughs> oh. but, then they also, but then they also say that keeping... Thacker and therefore them imprisoned will hasten Sylvain's end. Right. Because I took it the other way. I took it as mm. the, like they're running out of resources. We, whatever their thing is, it's about I mean, I get where you're coming from. I hadn't, I, my mind hadn't gone to that dark space where it was <laughs> oh, we just lessen the population or whatever. I was more thinking, I don't know what the answer would be, but even if it's just that the planet itself needs a recharge or what have you, if it just needs 
more energy if it has something to do with the crystal being broken. Um, yeah. If their whole thing was to balance that part back up so everybody would have more sustenance. Mm-hmm. Everybody could get what they needed. There's obviously something a little bit more complicated going on than just Sylvain because whatever it was that was inhabiting Thacker appeared to have some significant similarities to the abominations, um, which is some intruder from somewhere else, but presumably Sylvain, but we don't really know, right? Right. So we don't... So the things that... that, that the, these light beings that we saw when the other abominations were defeated may have some relationship to whatever it is that's that's possessing Thacker at the moment and for some reason is coherent. It's not clear whether it's the same force or whether they may have the same mission. So it kind of seems like maybe they're looking for something. There's got to be some reason they're on Earth in the first place. Because if the problem is just Sylvain, why wouldn't they be solving that on Sylvain, right? Yeah. What if it's Duck? Possibly. Hello? <laughs> <laughs> It's a duck you're looking for. <laughs> you found some other. Well, I guess we have to circle back to. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to interrupt the singing. I'm not. No, no. Just like whenever the inter- musical interlude is over, I'll say something. <laughs> Please continue. Uh, I was just going to say that I guess we have to to deal with uh, that. I, I was thinking that it's also possible that we don't know what the deal is with Aubrey's crystal that may her necklace that uh, that Ned stole that may yep. have something to do with their powers, may have something to do with the crystal. Absolutely. Yeah, but it seems like something relevant, which is when we segue to Ned yeah. coming back to the Cryptonomica. <sighs> And discovering that he has been burgled. He's been burgled hard. And the necklace is gone. This scene was so... uh, (laughs) (laughs) Shove your face into the dirt, burgled Ned. Damn it. Yeah. (laughs) This scene was so cinematic. Like, I could picture all of it. Even, like, the lights hitting the crushed up car. And then him getting up to the door and it's already ajar. Or, like, it's been obviously fucked with. Mm-hmm. I was like, oof, this is a good scene. And, like, some lights on some exhibits are giving you just enough to see. And, oh, I was everybody else as concerned as I was. Not that Billy had been killed with a tree, but obviously immediately we're like, Boyd broke in. <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Is Billy okay? Curled up. <laughs> He's fine. He's sleeping. Thank goodness. I was so relieved. <laughs> I do, I, I appreciated Clint's, um, his, well, his endearment to, uh, I don't know if that's a word, to Billy being asleep <laughs> behind the, uh, behind the cash register, the counter. Yeah. We all appreciated how cute that was. Which, I do wonder, does that just mean he slept through boy breaking in? I hope so. I guess so. I guess he's just that good. <laughs> I like to think either, because if they hadn't said that Kirby tucked him in, which was very cute, then you could also imagine it's like when a burglar gets in and a dog just wants to play with them instead of, like, <laughs> a, alerting its owners. Yeah. It could also have been that, like, he he, he yeah. breaks in, finds uh, <laughs> Alan from Remember the Titans, and uh, all he says is duck and pizza. Well, I mean... He- Billy had also had an extremely long day. Mm, he is tuckered, tuckered out. out. Right? Since wasn't was almost all of this was the same day. Yeah. So 
No, you're right. That was right. a lot. You're right. And that's only like his second day of life. <laughs> <laughs> Do we know how long the goats had been around? In this headcanon, not long. Not, well, we, it had been a little longer than that, yeah. A little more than a few days because uh, the first death was relatively early, but I, I'm not completely clear on the timeline without doing some math. And we don't know exactly how, like what their deal is, right? We just... Yeah, we don't. Okay. Oh my gosh, I just realized how long this arc was. Yeah. I forgot that it started with uh, the Danimal dying. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, loose Danon. R.I.P. in peace. <laughs> Well, it, it does seem like the necklaces, I mean, we, we had already assumed that the necklace was going to be of some significant importance other than just a payoff with uh, Ned's involvement in Aub- Aubrey's parents' death, yeah. which is eventually going to come out, um, We're getting obviously. Close, yeah. But but yeah, the, the, the fact that the necklace is stolen certainly heavily implies to me that that to resolve what's been going on, that they are going to have to get it back. Um, that, that it may have has plot significance. We're gonna we're gonna have to go find Boyd. Mm-hmm. Aubra has to get back what's hers. <laughs> Hell yes, bringing it back. Everybody gets one, so this will be Aubrey's. We'll figure out what Ned's is. It'll be maybe it's just the Clooney statue. Oh God, that'd be good. <laughs> or it'll be even better. It'll be Billy. Oh, that's that's sweet. That will it's be gonna very be very good. romantic. Mm-hmm. So sweet. But Boyd has some intense theatrical leanings. He made sure that not only did he take everything, he he grinched that place up, didn't leave a crumb, and then <laughs> leaves that one crumb, his mm-hmm. um the postcard, in such a way that the lights are on it. Yep. I just imagine him. Yeah, cleaning it tip to toe, just taking everything, and then like very careful, like like moving the lights, like oh, now it's a little bit more okay, and then <laughs> steps back to see it, make sure it looks good, I'm like oh, okay, yeah, 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 that's good. Then pats uh, Billy on the head, and he takes off. Yeah, yeah. He's not done with them yet. Is no. the implication? He doesn't really care about the stuff that much. Uh, there's more to come. And it's all about revenge. Mm-hmm. That's so hot. <laughs> I loved everything about Ned's scene, especially here's my little takeaway that I'm going to highlight. Mm-hmm. Uh, I loved Clint saying, fuck me running, because that's the <laughs> thing that I say. <laughs> and I felt such kinship there in that moment. <laughs> I was like, that's my guy. This is why Ned is mine. <laughs> I just really appreciated that. And now that I've thoroughly destroyed the drama of the moment, <laughs> we can uh, move on to our little ending with Duck here. Who will certainly not have Beacon stolen, apparently, because he's now putting him in his underwear drawer, <laughs> which was not what he had previously established. So I guess at some point he was like, no, no. you're being mean to me. I'm putting you yeah. in there instead. I'd say he's been demoted to underwear drawer. Yeah. Or he thought it was safer, maybe. Maybe. I mean, that's kind of where people put their jewelry and stuff. Tends maybe to be it's in just comfy. <laughs> maybe it's me undies and it's super comfortable. In there. That's there, Brene, you are meant to do ads. That's really great. Right? Hit me up. The sword equivalent <laughs> of like MeUndies lounge pants in there. Oh, I love these MeUndies. 
They're so that was very comfy. good. Thank you. <laughs> Even a sword can appreciate. <laughs> so he does... How have they not picked us up yet? <laughs> Meandies, get at us. They do. He does tuck him into Meandies drawers. What? Oh, right. Minerva calls Minerva him. I was shows like, what up. Else yeah. even... I have like the big ending in my notes, but everything else I'm like, who? What? What even happened here? <laughs> Minerva calls and here we go with another emotional moment. You guys. And a cute nickname. Cute nickname. <laughs> she doesn't know how she feels about it, which fair. Especially when you're like a warrior woman who I'm sure has been revered and like referred to by like eight titles. <laughs> right. Before your name. And then this kid is like, hey, Minnie, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> but I like that we learn more about her. And, uh, you know, the reason I would think she would have so many titles. Uh, there's This is another moment, though, where we sort of get answers. But there's still a lot that we're like, hold on. Wait a minute. Because she, you know, we learned that, yes, the, the vision of the asteroid wasn't what was going to happen to the town. It wasn't what Indrid had seen. It was what was going to happen to her. And then I had to take it off my murder board and put it on my new murder board of what's going to happen to Minerva. minerva board. So I just really moved it over. Yeah. minerva board. <laughs> well, now she my does say minerva-ed. she's... Sorry, go. <laughs> She does say that she's probably going to be okay because they have some sort of setup in place, like some kind of bunker that she can hunker down in and that she's probably going to survive it. So the main thing is that it's going to take out, uh, you know, either like a literal communications array of some kind or otherwise spiritually break the connection that she has with Duck that allows her to talk to him. And not just that, we find out Big Bombshell his powers are from her as well. So he's going to lose those. Which Justin's reaction as duck to this news was so raw and good. I appreciated how he played this moment a lot in being like, I'm just an asshole with a sword now. What? Yeah. And, and being selfish in this moment that like really isn't about him. Mm hmm. I liked it because it was realistic. Absolutely. Yeah. And it, and it certainly, shows about him that he's gotten to the point where he has something to do with these powers and he wants to. Yeah, He actually wants to be able to do that, which mm-hmm. is a huge change from even where he was at the beginning of this arc. I really like that. Yeah. He's like, I'm finally ready and now you're going? Like, what the fuck? Yeah. And he still pivots it and apologizes and you know, he's like self-aware mm-hmm. enough to understand what he's doing. Yes. He catches himself doing it. That's why he's a sweetheart. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. He's our good duck boy. <laughs> he is so good. <laughs> um, and she, it's just, it makes me sad for Minerva because even then it's, she was the only one. We learn about this biological warfare that they ended up waging with the people who were a threat to her world. And it left her being the sole survivor here. So I'm like, so this warrior is all by herself but then i'm also like what is this music we keep hearing what is right it obviously has significance somehow Mm -hmm. so maybe this is not the last that we will hear of minerva that there's more to it than that it's not 
We don't. We I just know. don't know. We don't know yet. We just don't. Whenever you hear a kicky blues tune, mm. Minerva's there. <laughs> She's there. She's in your heart. She's behind you. Oh shit. Ah. Um, well, and then. The- <laughs> And then, because that was the confusing thing for a moment, too. I was like, who was she talking to when she says... When she says, go to him. Which sounds like a romantic. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I followed up with, <laughs> I was hopeful. <laughs> and meanwhile, I was go writing down... <laughs> that I had you... called it <laughs> before before the reveal, yeah. So did you know immediately who she was talking to? Yeah. Okay, because I, did. I didn't. Like, when she said it, obviously I could tell she wasn't talking to Duck, but I was like, okay, who's about to show up here? And then when he opened the door, he had used the term peacoat to describe what Agent Stern was wearing. That's or... what I so thought. So for a hot too... second. A very okay. hot second. I know, I was like... Dale Cooper. Oh, wait. It's not Dale. It's fucking Leo Mrs. Fig Tarkeesian over here. He's been watching her back the whole time. I need a visual representation of this man ASAP. Someone. I have it in my mind. Please draw. I'll draw him. Draw him as you're on like a ride in Disney World, please. (laughs) You got it. On the... The teacups. The pirates one. It's going to be all over the Where everybody place. looks bad in their picture. <laughs> Go on Pirates of the Caribbean. You'll look like shit in your picture you get to take home. Is that on your blog? <laughs> yes. Good. <laughs> Maybe that'll be my new thing. That'll be like trying to get your best selfie on uh, on Disney rides. There you go. <laughs> There's a viral post that some people who are just like on every single one of the like drop rides at Disney World. I think they actually did it at Disneyland, I think. So like Space Mountain and Splash Mountain and everything. So every single one of those drop cams, but it's just them and their friend like with their arms crossed looking really unimpressed in every single one of them like flawlessly. <laughs> it's the funniest thing on the internet. Oh, I love a good a good ride picture. I loved the ones where people had like board games that they were <laughs> playing between the rows. When there's a dinner, like they've got like drinks out and everything. <laughs> I love that effort. It was worth it. Well done, everybody who does that. (laughs) But yes, I did think it was Leo. As soon as I realized it was somebody who was going to be in the room with him, I I knew it was Leo. See, and I think for a moment, because it definitely makes the most sense, Mm because obviously we'd seen, you know, we knew there was kind of something up with Leo, not sure what. But I think also for a moment, I was also confused because of the way she, I mean, Really, if we just think about this, then I'm like, is she, has he been tapping in this entire time? Is Hmm. the, like, to what extent has she also been been in communique with Mr. Tarkeesian here? I think is the next big question. That's the next thing I want answers to. I I think you were supposed to be confused, at least in that that brief moment. I mean, I was just personally, this was, I don't remember if I talked about this, like, on mic or not. That I thought that he had been in the previous generation of people that at some point he had also been been chosen. I, we talked about I feel it a like little we bit, did but I don't talk remember about it. 
But yeah, I don't remember. If yeah, so I mean, it was like when it's your pet theory, like it's uh huh. You know, yeah. you're vindicated if you're right, and you feel you know if you're wrong, then you don't tell anybody about it. So exactly, <laughs> you put yeah, it on a podcast, and everybody knows. <laughs> and as a murderer, sorry. <laughs> and this is why she, this is what makes you such a good murderer is that you know you see those little hints, and you are able to put this story together. Uh, but no, for real, good work. <laughs> Because, like I said, he said Peacoat, and I was like, Stern! <laughs> nope. <laughs> what with him? Say, Bailey's sister's been bad now? at this game. That I know. It's like, surprise, yeah. bitches. That would have been a neat turn. He's like, <laughs> he's like, you idiots thought you were tricking me this whole time. You guys have to get better at this. <laughs> <laughs> um, talking about the old guard, though, do we think Victoria had stuff to do with stuff? Yes. Possibly, yeah. Okay. Or at least knew something about it, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's my I hadn't thought of it before, but yes. Is when, like, even in, yes. like, yes. the uh, the Game of Thrones series, or an, A Song mm-hmm. of Ice and Fire, um, <laughs> when they were talking about, like, the Blackfish and the Queen of Thorns, I was like, those are the people I want to be hearing about. Like, that older right. generation that's like, ugh, like, we lived through this, and now it's you guys running it, but we still have the know-how, and we still know what's up, and I'm like, give me that! Give me more about them. Yeah, I always wanted more on, like, the Marauders. Mm-hmm. Like, in Harry Potter. I was like, just give me a little story about those boys getting up to some shenanigans. Right? I'm amazed I haven't cashed in on that. And like at this point, I'm kind of okay with it now. Oh yeah, <laughs> when yeah, yeah. I was like yeah, yeah, yeah. 18, no, don't touch I was it. like, "Tell me about the Marauders." Now I'm like, "We're good." <laughs> I'll tell myself about the Marauders. It's fine. <laughs> well, we definitely will hear more because we have to find out. I guess now Leo has to train Duck because if he wants to keep doing what he's doing, which presumably he has to, because there's not really anybody else, even without powers, is going to be. Um, that's a pretty big situation to get yourself into, to be used to being yeah. kind of invincible and then just be some guy with a sword who's kind of an asshole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Here comes that 80s montage of training with Mr. Taikichi for sure. And really, though, like you said, having somebody already in the loop is priceless at this yeah. moment for all of these characters. Mm-hmm. This is a huge boon to all of their efforts here yeah and in terms of the loop outside of the story i am very curious whether or not justin had any idea this was going to happen because you know the the whole setup of monster of the week is these character archetypes and the character archetype of the chosen has to have a vision at the beginning of Uh uh of every like mini arc within this arc so this is this is a big deal to change to change that, and I wonder whether or not it's going to change any of the game mechanics. But I guess we will find out. Now, do we think? Because is he so? Is he going to lose everything? That was what it sounded like. I mean, that was what it sounded. Yeah, I I feel like that was what I took it to mean at first. He's and going to lose the visions. Like maybe he would have. Okay. And yeah. the, and any powers that he had, which would mean probably the invincibility and possibly the use of the sword. Tough. Yeah, Oof. but it may not just okay. be the tough. It may be more than that. And like mm-hmm. I said, because because these things are like specific skills that are specified on the monster of the week's sheet. Um, yeah. That not just that, but like some other some other skills that he had used uh, before that were specific to the chosen that would be specific to these powers. 
Um, I'm very curious to find out whether or not he has to like start with a new character sheet or how, how they're going to handle this from a mechanic standpoint. But yeah. we will find out next time on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll find out. Because I feel like Griffin is very good at taking, like, this is how it's supposed to be. I'm going to just tweak it a little bit. I'm just mm-hmm. going to put my own spin yeah. on it. So, yeah. Yeah, we'll I mean, see I think how they much can of that just, they have to do. Yeah, I mean, I think they can just sort of uh, play it more loose and interpretive than they have been. You know, I, I don't know that they've ever been super bound by the rules. But because sure. Monster of the Week has the structure, and that's kind of the only part of those parts of the parts of the structure that they've been using. Um, right, yeah. You do, you do wonder... But it will it will also be very interesting, I think, from a character standpoint and a story standpoint to to do something that drastic. So, I mean, I trust yeah. I trust him oh, to absolutely. do it. Um, it may be a little scary for Justin. I wouldn't be surprised if it is. Um, I guess we'll see. Yeah, it'll be good. Whatever it is, they always deliver. They do. And I think on that note, is there anything that this was a massive episode? Is there anything we missed that we want to bring up now? Um, I have one which is very brief. Go. Go for it. Um, I just want to give uh, Griffin some some props for the, like, weird Philip Glass, like, creepy semi-discordant violin electronic stuff he was doing with the music in this one. Whatever was going on with that theme, I was into it. It was very, very creepy and atmospheric and uh, an interesting direction. I'm, I've yeah. been very impressed, like, in an ongoing sense. Uh, by how much his his music has grown and changed over time, and how he's been able to adapt it to the to the environment of the story, so yeah. I just want to give him some credit for that. Good to go, Griffin. I like it. Good call. Did you have anything, B? I just liked when Beacon called Duck a Beef Boy. <laughs> I thought that was great. That was great. That's all I have. Do not. Beef. Did I have boy. anything? I thought you were writing it down. <laughs> that's the new drunken town um <laughs> mr beef boy <laughs> um all of my notes are about who has a crush on whom so i think i'm good <laughs> the answer is everybody on everybody that's right, right. that's how we roll so you know what that means it's, it's that, that time again. again it's time for a poll Okay, so last time we real quick asked where you thought Billy would live, laugh, and love. And the winner was A Perfect Stranger Scenario with Duck. Congrats. That would have been so great. Right? It could still happen. We don't, it's, we don't know if it's permanent living, living in, in the cryptonomica. That is true. But for now, everybody who answered that way was incorrect. Thank you so much for answering. <laughs> But hey, everyone who answered Cryptonomica was correct. So way to go, you guys. You lesser margin. It was a very small percentage. You guys are the winners. Y'all, here. y'all are the uh, mothmen. You're time, all right in our hearts. That's true. In Anne's heart, you're all winners. <laughs> I'm being very mean in this poll, and I don't know why. I think you're all just the bee's knees. Uh, <laughs> you're great. Uh, but so this time, we want to know which childhood flashback you feel like you would be most likely to have. And that poll will be up over on our Twitter, at Romancing Zone. And we will see you back here next week for the Candle Night Show. Until then, thank you so much for listening. I'm Mel Bailey. I'm Brittany Bailey. And I'm Ann Kern. And we've been Romancing the Zone. Mm-hmm.